right. Uh, as you come in and find your seats, uh, I get to bring the second message in the series of Faith All In. And uh, I'm excited about that. And I hope you are too. Are you having a good morning already? Yes. How good is it to be in church? I love coming home to North Lakes. It is such, it is the best place in the world. And so, uh, I'm going to jump right into it because, hey, Bromheads, I kind of heard you last night, but I was already in bed, so I wasn't going to get up. So, anyway, lovely to see you. Um, all right, so I'm just going to jump straight in, okay? Because we are working with about 30 minutes with each other here, and then we're going, and we're going to bless our mums and hang out with our mums all afternoon. Uh, so faith, when we're looking at a topic like faith... Uh, it's hard to ignore that some of the hardest scriptures to digest are about faith. Uh, some of them is that uh, in Romans 1.17 says that the righteous man shall live by faith. So to be righteous, I've got to live by faith. Okay, that might take a little bit for me to get my head around or, or whatever is not from faith is sin says Romans 14.23. Whatever is not from faith is sin. It is hard to digest. Uh, it's impossible to please God without faith, says Hebrews eleven six. So faith from the, from the biblical perspective can be a really hard thing to digest. And, but on the outside, faith kind of seems, I, I don't know, like nice. Uh, from an outsider looking in, faith could almost seem cutesy. I, I've seen, gosh, faith, hope, and love as, as home decor these days. And you can pick it up at the cheap shops. And, but faith is anything but something to pretty up a room. I've said uh, many times over the last year and a half that I don't think I had any idea what living by faith was until about a year and a half ago when God plucked me out of my comfort zone and all I had left was faith. And I think I'm only scratching the surface of what it is to live by faith. And so this morning, uh, if you're taking notes, uh, the, the title of the sermon is Basket Case Faith. Basket case faith, there is no other hope, no other way out except to trust God. And so if faith is not something that we pretty up a room with, if it's not something that we are just going to tack on the end of our life, then what is it? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and for the, its reassurance about what we do not see. The assurance about what we do not see. So faith is confidence in hope. It's assurance in things we cannot see. So faith, by definition, asks, us, asks of us to change our perspective to change our focus, that we would have hope, that we would have a, 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 a solid assurance and something that usually is a last resort, hope. I've done all I could, I just hope this works out. But God changes things and he changes our perspective and he asks us to have solid confidence in hope and assurance in what we cannot see. There's something uh, about faith that is permeated throughout the whole Bible. You cannot ignore it. It is essential to the Christian life. And if you're in here this morning and you think, well, that's great for you Christians, uh, 
actually from even a non-biblical perspective from science and health, to live with faith is actually very beneficial for your mental health. To believe that there is something good coming is good for everybody. And so I invite everyone from across the spectrum this morning, those who are, I don't know why I'm here, it's just Mother's Day, she dragged me along. (laughs) To those who are like, I am all in, give me more. So I invite you in. So uh, we are dealing now with about 25 minutes, but we're going to use a character from the Bible to uh, go through this bit of faith. And I have split this sermon into two halves. Because there's so much that you could say about faith, I just picked two things. And uh, I just pray that God will take care of the rest in the series. And so I'm splitting this sermon into two halves. It is here, H-E-A-R, and act. Here and act. And the person that we are going to look at this morning is, some might say, an obscure character. Um, you may never have heard her name uh, when I say her name, you can probably look knowingly at the person next to you like, mm, yeah, I've heard, I've heard of that person. But you probably haven't. Her name is Jochebed. Do it not. Oh, I've heard of her, yeah. I've, I've heard of her, yeah. <laughs> but she is like a hidden figure in the tapestry of the redemption story of the Bible. She is like, you don't know much about her at all. Actually, uh, I found out a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking about Jochebed and I I decided to Google her because I didn't do that thing like, oh, I've heard of her. I just thought, who is that? And I'm preaching on her? Great. So I look her up and this is what Wikipedia gives me. Jochebed was a daughter of Levi and a mother of Aaron, Miriam and Moses. She was the wife of Amram as well as his aunt, and no details are given of her life. Sometimes the life of faith can feel like this, a few facts, a bit of family dysfunction, and no other details. That's it. But is that not the nature of faith? The nature of faith actually is not meant to be used as a mechanism for, for, to bring glory to us. It is to turn our lives that people would look at our lives but say, how great is God, not how good are they? And we know more about Jochebed's faith and the, and the result of her faith than we do anything about her life. And that is the way it should be. So the context that we find Jochebed in. She is a slave woman, a Hebrew Israelite slave woman in Egypt. Her people have been in slavery for about 300 years. And, uh, and the trouble is that there's a Pharaoh in charge of Egypt who is very harsh with the Israelite people. And he begins to see that the Israelites are growing in number. They're, that's the slave race and the, the ruling race is the Egyptian and, and the Israelites are growing in number. And so Pharaoh begins, uh, and he looks out, and he's an evil man, and he says, I know how to fix this. And so he sets a decree across the land that any male Hebrew baby that is born has to be thrown into the Nile River. He just was going to take out an entire generation of males. And at this time, Jochebed already had two children, Miriam, her eldest, and Aaron, her youngest, And she finds out in this situation that she's pregnant. And a time that should have been, uh, should have been 
drenched in great expectation and great joy. I could imagine the horror you would feel when she found out she was pregnant. Perhaps she already knew some women in her community who had to give up their children. I don't know what she would have done. She probably probably tried to hide her belly from the Egyptians for as long as she possibly could to buy her time. But the day comes when she feels the pangs of birth. She knows what's coming and that day where it should have been a day of great expectation turns to dread. And then she hears that it's a boy. Exodus 2 says this, Now a man of the tribe of Levi named married a Levite woman. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. A fine child. Some, some, uh, some interpretations say that, translations say that he was a good child. And, and the word kind of meant of godly essence. There was something about this child. I wonder if her whole heart sank when they said, it's a boy. She knew what the law required of her. She knew what was going to happen. And at this stage, she did not have a plan. But then she looked at him. And this tired, defeated, just given birth mother snaps out of that zone and moves into faith. Everything in the natural world was pointing towards just obey the law. You are putting your whole family at risk if you do this. Save the other children. Think of yourselves. But she looked and faith stirred within her. Because that's what faith does. Faith causes us to have confidence in hope and assurance of what we cannot see. So what did she have hope in? This was just a baby. What did she have hope in? She had hope of the promises that she had already heard. She had heard of the promises that her people would be saved. She heard from a very young age what God was planning to do. Jochebed allowed the Lord to stir within her the promises she had heard for her people. And it wasn't just emotion that, oh, she had a son. She already had a son. There was something that God was doing in the unseen within her that gave her the confidence to risk it all. So where did her faith come from? Part one, here. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes through hearing and hearing of the word of God. This woman had such great faith, civil disobedience kind of risk it all faith because she had heard the word of God that had been promised over her life. She had heard the promises that God had given Abraham that your people would be in a land that was not their own and that they would be in slavery for 400 years. But after the 400 years, there would be a deliverer. She knew that there was a deliverer amongst her people coming and she allowed God to speak the word through generations. She would have heard that prophecy over and over and over. She would have told that prophecy over and over and over and allowed what she heard to create faith within her. You you create faith by what you hear. You see, sometimes people think um, that Christians are all just living by blind faith, like, oh, yes, Lord, sure. No, we live by informed faith. 
We aren't called to blind faith or just whatever faith. We're informed and we're informed by the Word of God. Because the Word of God works as an informant to our lives. It tells us of, of pictures and ways and natures and characters of the way of God in which we would follow and trust that, not just blind. And so she wasn't with blind faith. She had informed faith that God was going to come good on His Word. We allow the Word of God to speak life into us somewhere. We're in a situation where it says, you know what? Give up. Life is over. There is no way out of this. She was in a situation where it looked like all hope was gone. But when you and I are in those situations, how am I ever going to pay these bills? How am I ever going to feel joy again? How is this family ever going to be restored again? How am I ever going to get out of this, out of this addiction and this situation? We are informed that there's a God who loves us. That there is a God who is for us, that he has a plan and their plans for good and their plans to prosper us. That we are never, ever alone, that he won't leave us or forsaken us. And so as we hear the truth of the Lord, we are allowed to stand firm in confidence on hope that he is who he says that he is. That is why when Job in 13.15 says to God, even if you slay me, I will hope. What does that mean? Even if every circumstances look like it is all over, I can hope and trust that you are good and you are good all the time, that we can trust his plans. The circumstances of this fallen and broken and hurting world, church, they are not a reflection of the nature of our God. The, the awful decree that Pharaoh had given across the land was not a reflection of the nature of God. In fact, brokenness in this world is a reflection of you and I. But faith invites God in to begin the redemption story within us. Faith invites God in. And this is exactly what Jochebed had done. She heard of the coming redemption, but it was her faith that made a way. She'd heard of the promise of redemption and she heard that she would be saved. And Jehochebed refused to allow her circumstances to dictate the hope that she had had in God. I wonder what you're listening to, church. I wonder what the voices are that speak the loudest in your situations. Because fear had every right to be the dominant voice in her life just then. Fear had every right to come in and go, look at this circumstances, it's over. But the thing about fear and faith, church, is they want the exact same thing from you. A belief about the future. They want you to believe something about the future and we can, we have a choice in every single situation whether we look, to look at it in the natural and fear or look at it in the unseen and have faith. It wants exactly the same thing from us. Oswald Chambers says this quote, he says, we create our own fears by refusing to nourish ourselves in faith. Faith comes from hearing, which tells me that faith can come. If you don't have any, you can get some. It comes. 
And that kind of tells me that it can go as well. So it needs to be a continual inpouring of the voice of God that I make myself speak the word of God out loud because I tell my ears, you will listen to this. I tell my spirit, you'll listen to this and you'll believe it. Faith comes. If you don't have any, get some by hearing the word of God. There's an incredible... uh, Example of hearing and acting in 1 Kings 18, and it's with Elijah, and they're in the middle of a drought, and the whole, the whole land is in famine. For three years, they've been in a drought, and God wakes Elijah up one morning, and he says, Elijah, go to the king, because today I'm sending rain. Could you imagine how fearful that, that prophet would be if he gave a wrong word? Off with his head. So he goes, all right, I heard it. I don't see it. I'm walking. It's a big dust storm. Everybody's, there's not even humidity here, but sure, I'll go tell the king. So he runs to the king and he tells the king, get up, eat and drink because today there's rain coming. In the scripture, he said, I can hear a rainstorm. I don't hear it. There's nothing. He goes, no, 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 I'm going to send my servant. So he sends his servant up the top of the mountain. He goes, look for the rain cloud. It's coming. I hear it. And seven times this servant comes back and goes, bro, there's nothing there. I think you need to run. He goes, go again. Seventh time, go again. And he comes, the servant comes back. He's like, you know what? I saw a cloud. I said, it was only about the size of a fist on the horizon, but I saw a cloud and Elijah turns to the king. He goes, get in your chariot because the rain is going to stop you if you don't come now. And you know what happened? A rainstorm that completely flooded. It was the biggest rainstorm that you could imagine because he heard in the spirit, he was able to see in the unseen and have confidence of what God was doing. The reason Elijah could have confidence in the unseen is because he had heard in the unseen. The reason Jochebed could have confidence in the similar situation where it looks completely hopeless is because she had heard. And when you hear, it creates a picture. See, if I was to get everybody here, um, I won't, but to shut your eyes and I played a soundscape of an ocean... I reckon everyone here could probably picture an ocean when they hear it. And that's what faith does. We hear what God says he's going to do and it creates vision within us that gives us vision that we could go, that is what God said he's going to do and that's where I'm going. So faith creates vision. And whether there's hearing of the word, there will be faith. And where there's faith, there's vision. When God speaks, we hear and it brings faith and faith causes us to be able to see things like nobody else can see. It gives us unreasonable hope and confidence. Just like the servant who can, I don't see anything. Everyone in your world might be going, I don't think it's going to work out. (laughs) But you can stand firm and have hope because God has spoken and now you see it. Proverbs 21, 29, 18 actually says, where there's no vision, the people perish. What does that mean? Not that you just all drop dead if you can't see anything, but you just will stay in the same place and do the same thing and you'll say the same thing and you'll eat the same thing and you'll do the same thing and you'll die there. 
But that's not what faith is for. Faith always calls us on to more. So what do we do? If faith comes through hearing, what do we do with faith? Now I've got it, what do I do with it? Well, James tells us this, that faith without works is dead. What does that mean? It's fine to believe something, but unless you act upon it, it isn't really faith at all. It's kind of like a home decor. So we need to hear and we need to act. It's one thing for Jochebed to have faith in these promises of salvation and that her boy was going to be a part of it, but faith would have been completely useless unless she put action to it. We read on in her story in Exodus 2-3, it says this, but when she could hide him no longer, she got a basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. And his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. She put faith into action. And as we, as we read these kind of stories, it's really easy to forget that this was an actual woman, a real person, a, a real lady who'd given birth and had nurtured this baby for three months. I can only imagine the pain that was going through her heart as she wove that basket, as she put the tar on, knowing that she was going to have to give up the dearest thing to her. She could be forgiven if at the last moment when, oh, I'm going to, oh, no, 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 I saw a crocodile, saw a crocodile, not doing it. No, I think the tide's coming. It's not going to, I'll have no control once I let this go. But that's what faith does. It says, I trust you enough, God, to give you control when I don't have it anymore. I trust your nature and your character enough, even if I feel like I have nothing left. It's just basket case kind of faith. I'll trust you even then. So she acts upon her faith. Because faith requires action for it to be alive. Faith is not just to make us feel good. Faith will always ask us to co-labor in the process of God's work in our lives. Our faith cannot be passive. James says it like this, 2, 14, 17. He says, dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and God says, and you say, good morning, friend. Uh, Be clothed in Christ, be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? This is James, he's harsh. Um, Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can already hear one of you saying, "Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, I agree, sounds good. You take care of the faith department and I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith fit together hand in glove. It was not enough for Jochebed to just believe that God was going to use this young boy. Her life needed to reflect it. 
And it's not enough for you and I to believe that God has good plans for us, that he is our provider, and then we manipulate our whole life and leave no room for him to move. We just ask him to bless it. Hope that that is enough. Faith always will call us onto more. It always, by nature, will call us to change. Why? Because faith is a walk. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. It doesn't say we stand still and hope nobody sees us until we get to heaven kind of faith. It says we walk and we journey on with God. Faith is a walk, not by sight. God doesn't call us to be stagnant in our faith. I wonder, what are the actions in your life that the only reason if you are asked about, because it seems totally illogical any other way, but your answer would be, because I have faith. Or does everything that we do in our lives have an earthly answer that makes sense to everybody else and we just fit in and tag God on the end? Do we leave room for God to move and we just go, we hope and confidently assured in the things unseen and go, God, you have to turn up here. Faith is a journey. It's not a quick fix. Maybe uh, it's because we have... um, Entertainment so accessible, like in our pockets these days, and and uh, the technology is so great. You go to concerts or movies, and we are entertained so well these days. Uh, but it seems we're becoming obsessed with encounter moments, those heart tug moments, those ah, oh, let off the streamers in the in the concert moment. And we do that in the natural world, but somehow I feel like it's seeping into our faith as well. That, that we're trying to wait for big encounter moments from God or big, ah, yes, moments for us to ever move and trust God. But Jochebed did not have that. She didn't have a big, this is the plan, I am the angel, it's going to be okay. All she had was what she heard and the faith that was stirred within her. She had to learn to walk by faith. And that's why when it, when it came to letting go of the dearest thing to her, she didn't have to wait for a big ah moment. She could trust the nature of the God that she knew, not the encounter that she had had. Encounters with Jesus and big well moments are wonderful. I'm not, I have had some of the best come to Jesus moments ever. But we need to move beyond experience for us to just walk in, for us to walk in faith. We need to turn those experiences we have with God into a consistent and steady walk of faith. You might be here today and on your journey, you may have never experienced God. You might just be kind of circling him and like, oh yeah, all right, checking him out. That's, that's fine today. That's totally fine. I trust that if you seek him, you will find him and I guarantee you he wants to encounter you more than you want to encounter him. But for those of you that have known the Lord for a little while, we need to move beyond just going for an encounter moment. 
We need to make sure that we're past chasing the experience and allow God to teach us things that aren't learned in the big on the mountain moments, that are learned in by the river moments where we have to let go of everything that's dear to us. You see, because the walk of faith is exactly that. We will go through different journeys and seasons and God will take us in different places and he will take us to the mountaintop to teach us things that we can only learn on the mountain. But he will definitely take us to the valley to teach us things that are only learned in the valley. We cannot just wait on the mountaintop for the experiences of ah all the time. T.D. Jake says it like this, why does a teacher give a lesson to reveal where there is weakness? There will be times that our walk of faith causes us to walk by a river and give up everything that we thought we could hold dear and just stand and watch. The psalmist says it like this, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. What's that saying? I'll keep walking in faith even when fear makes more sense. Oswald Chambers gives an astonishing quote to sum this type of point up. He says, If we continually try to bring back those moments of exceptional inspiration, it's a sign that it is not God we want. We're becoming obsessed with the moments when God did come and speak with us and we're insisting that he do it again. But what God wants us is to walk by faith. How many of us have set set ourselves aside and said, I won't do anything unless God appears to me. Well, he won't do that. We will have to get our faith up and walk without any inspiration or any sudden touch from God. And then comes the surprise that we find ourselves exclaiming why he was here all the time and I never knew it. Never live for those exceptional moments. They're surprises. God will give us his touches of inspiration only when he sees that we are not in danger of being led away by them. Why he was here all the time. I wonder if that's what Jochebed had exclaimed when she stood by the river and said, he was here all the time and I never knew it because it goes on to say that as she put the little baby Moses and let him go and his kid sister stood by watching to see what would happen, Pharaoh's daughter came down to the Nile and she heard the cry of the baby and she opened it up and she was moved with compassion for this child. Moses' sister ran and said, would you like me to get one of the Hebrew women to nurse for you? She said, yes, do that. She went and got her mum and her mum came back and Pharaoh's daughter said, here, I'll pay you to look after this child. Why, he was here all along and I didn't know it. That's what faith leads us to. It might look like a faith step in the dark, but I guarantee you, if you keep walking, you will find there is more of God to experience. There is more hope. There is more joy. There is more strength. There's more patience. There's more self-control. There is more of God than you could have ever imagined. And in those times where it's like you're by the river and you have nothing but basket case faith, you will exclaim, he was here all along. He was here. Not only did she get her son back, but she got maternity leave. (laughs) God had it sorted. 
This boy Moses would grow up to be the person that God used to fulfill his promise of redemption. This woman's faith, a woman whose life can be summed up in two lines online, it was her faith that was the catalyst for redemption for an entire nation of people. And it might feel like you're walking in faith right now that kind of just seems like you are a hidden figure in the tapestry of what God is trying to do in the world. Keep the faith. Keep walking. You never know whose redemption is on the side of your faith. Keep going. Keep listening. Keep acting. I love to see how God so perfectly works out his plan of redemption. Because the very same baby who was put in the water to be saved and his kid sister stood by and watched, stood and watched to see what the Lord would do. Is the same man years later who stood by the Red Sea and shouted out to the Israelites, stand and watch and see what the Lord will do because today is the day of salvation. You never know what faith is doing in other people's lives. Keep walking, church. Today is the day of salvation. So we need to hear, but church, we need to act. We need to hear and act, hear and act. Please don't let faith just be something that we put on our Instagram bio or on a calendar in the toilet. Could it be more than that? Could it lead us to have risk it all, all in kind of lifestyles where the only answer when people question you for your seemingly stupidity, you could say because God said he would come through and you can trust his nature. By the grace of God through Jochebed's faith, a whole nation was saved. And it may seem like a long off, long off story, but the Bible never leaves us there. He always invites, it always invites us in to the story. You see, because there was another son given up years later. And that king tried to kill all the little babies too. And there was another mother who had great faith. But that baby wasn't given up. For just the Israelites, that baby was given up for you and I. And his name was Jesus. And it's through his love and his grace that you and I, through faith, can be saved. Saved from what? Saved from a life without him. Life without Jesus? It's hell. Not just later, now. Life without Jesus is hell. Life without the ultimate companion is lonely. Life without the ultimate love is is just complete darkness. Life without the ultimate joy is just fleeting moments of happiness. Life without peace is anxiety. And life without light is just darkness. Life without Jesus, it's hell. And you and I are invited in through faith. And all it takes is this. Yeah, I'm going to believe enough to give you a go. 
Because life with Jesus, that's heaven on earth. That's redemption. That is freedom like you've never known. That is salvation. If the band want to come, I'd just like it if we uh, if we'd want to stand. I'm just going to pray for us. That we would be people who not only hear the word, but we're doers of the word. I pray you're encouraged this morning to seek God for all that he is and all that he has in your life. Can we pray? Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you gave absolutely everything you had. Risk it all kind of gift of Jesus for us. And Lord, our response today, I pray, is that we would turn to you and run into your arms, that we would be able to trust your nature, that we would be able to trust your plans, that we believe that you are good and you're good all the time. For anyone in this place who's believing lies that their life is only going downhill, that there is no hope, today I speak hope And I pray that any ear would hear it and faith would rise. There is a plan for you. There is hope for you. There is love for you. There is freedom for you. There is joy for you. And Lord, we want more and more and more of you. Would you guide our walk this week? And for the rest of our days, would we take your hand and follow onward in faith? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.